Welcome to First Unitarian Society of Minneapolis, the birthplace of Congregational Humanism. We carry on that tradition of free thought today, dedicated to promoting a free search for truth, meaning, and justice. Our web address is firstunitarian.org. I'm David Breeden, Senior Minister. Welcome. It's so good to be with you here this morning and to share discoveries that I have made in the last few years of my life. But before I say that, I want to talk a little bit very quickly about why we sang the song Spirit of Life. Now, as you know, it's kind of a Unitarian anthem. For those of you that have hung around here much, you know that Spirit of Life is one of our, our songs. And... But, but what I love about that song is it talks about spirit of life. And that takes us right to that Latin root of inspirare. Spirare is spirit. And you know what it means? To breathe life into. All the spirit words, perspiration, respiration, you know, you could go on and on and on. All of those are about the breath of life. And so I requested the song Spirit of Life because that is what this journey is all about. And I'll just say a very few quick words. Uh, the slide, please. I'll just say a couple of very quick words about my journey to the breath, which began a little over three years ago. I had the opportunity, I was invited to this uh, event out in Minnetonka, and I had no idea what it was, what was going on. And I was introduced to this organization called Breath Logic. And Breath Logic was founded by two amazing women, Lori Ellis Young and Nancy Chakrin. And uh, Breath Logic is an organization that inspires breath literacy, which I'll talk about in a second, locally and globally. So, uh, what this event was all about was breathing. And like many of you, I'm like, don't I already know how to breathe? Haven't I been doing it for the last 60 plus years? You know, don't we automatically know how to breathe? We breathe at least 22,000 times a day, breathing in, breathing out, right? 22,000 times a day. So it's like, well, don't we kind of already know how to do this? And it turns out that we really don't know how to breathe. Most of us don't know how to breathe in a way that... Uh, enables us to enrich our lives. So that's what we're going to talk about this morning, is how that journey works. BreathLogic, by the way, we are an organization, 501c3, and we are an organization that goes and teaches intentional mindful breathing in business places. We work a lot with nurses. Um, we work with a lot of kids groups, we work with business corporate leaders, we work uh, in doing workshops with just folks like us. And so I uh, had the opportunity to, um, within a month of, um, uh, within a month of the, uh, uh, next slide please. Within a month of attending that gathering, I was uh, in Guatemala learning how to 
teach breathing to others. And one of the things we teach is this concept of breath literacy. Now, we know all about literacy, right? Literacy means that we are, um, are uh, literate in something. We have wisdom, we have a skill, we have learned, whether it's to read, whether it's, uh, you know, literacy in the visual arts, information literacy, tech literacy, scientific literacy, and all, and all, and all. And Lori Ellis Young, the founder, co-founder of Breath Logic, said, we need breath literacy. We need skills in how to maximize, and next slide please, the, um, the amazing power of, next slide, there we go, to breathe as if your life depends on it, because it does, right? So real quickly, the brain, the heart, and the breath go into a bar. And they're in the bar, and they're saying, especially the heart and the brain are going, we need to clear this up. Which of us is the most important? And so the brain pipes up immediately and says, I am the most important. All my beautiful brain cells, we keep the engine of your body moving. All feeling, all mindfulness, all everything comes from the brain. And the heart says, oh, dear brain, yes, you are important. You're very important. But where would your brain be without the rich, beautiful blood and oxygen that my heart pumps into and throughout the body so that your uh, brain can work? Where would you be without the heart? The pump would stop. And they're like, oh, yeah, well, we know that both of us are more important than the breath. I mean, give me a break. What does breath do? And breath says, hmm, and walks out. <laughs> the breath walks out the door, and what happens? Right? Yeah, the heart's going, <laughs> and the brain's starting to really feel the pinch. And they uh, immediately go, well, okay, breath, you are the mo most important. Brain, you are the connector. You are the source of life that keeps us moving. The heart able to pump. The brain to be able to function. All of the functions of the body are enabled by the breath. So this was the journey. This was the journey to uh, uh, learning about the breath. Because the thing, the bottom line with all this is, is we don't think about breathing. It just is automatic. But did you know that the respiratory system of the body is the only system of the body that is both involuntary, in other words, you're breathing no matter what. You know, as soon as you come into this world, the first thing that happens is, <gasps> to an, if you're an, as an infant, right? And at the end of life, the last thing is your final breath. So the breath is um, 
moving throughout your body, but it does so much more. Once we understand the, and we call it connecting with the extraordinary, uh, connecting you with the extraordinary power of your ordinary breath. We find that, number one, the breath promotes lung health. This became a huge big deal during COVID. Most of us really got a much clearer view of what, how the breath works if we had COVID and had our respiratory systems impacted. I don't know if you saw this in, in how we were caring for people with COVID. One of the things they started to do is put people on their stomachs, people that were really suffering. You know, they put people on their stomachs and did what's called back breathing. Did you know you could breathe into your back lungs? You can if you intentionally, mindfully deepen your breath to the point that you're expanding the lung capacity. That is our goal, to expand, if you care about your lungs, expand lung capacity. And deep, mindful breathing is how we expand lung capacity. The breath is the bridge between your body and your mind. It's your connection point, as we were just talking about, the body, you know, the heart and the brain. It is the bridge between your body and your mind. It regulates and, dist and distributes oxygen throughout your body, right? People who, who start to do pretty deep belly breathing, they'll sometimes say, oh, I'm feeling a little dizzy. And it's like, ah, that's your brain on oxygen. Right? So when we breathe more deeply into our lungs, we're expanding lung capacity and we're bringing oxygen to where we need it most. And the other piece of breath literacy that is so important, and this is what we teach children in the schools, um, is that each of us can intentionally and easily calm your mind and your body. The respiratory system of the body is the only system that is both involuntary, you do it without thinking, and voluntary. So when we say breathe as if your life depends upon it, because it does, is that we can intentionally shift how we feel in our bodies by the way that we breathe. There's a, a term that's come up, and many of you are probably familiar with this. You know, we all know lifespan, right? Lifespan are those years from birth to death. That's your lifespan. The other term that's come into meaning as we have expanded, did you know that we have more than doubled our life expectancy? Just in the last 40 to 50 years, we have doubled life expectancy, which means that we may live longer than we feel good in our bodies. It's called health span. So we have lifespan and we have health span. And it's a real problem, and this is a real issue in our nation and throughout the world, if lifespan is longer than health span. Because if your health span runs out, you spend whatever time you have left on this earth kind of being sick, feeling miserable, not being able to do what you want to do, go where you want to go, and so on. So the question is, and medical science has like expanded our lifespan so much, 
you know, is like, what can we do? What can each of us do to um, expand our health span, add years to our health? And what we know and what research is showing over and over and over again is that the breath can impact many, many parts of your body and your brain and all of the beautiful systems within that to help us feel better, live better. Let me give you some examples. So uh, if you want to forward the slide just a minute here, let's see what's, what's coming up here next. Nope, nope, not that one. So take that one off. <laughs> These got out of order somehow. Oh, that's the one actually I was looking for. All right. So um, one of the great gifts of the breath is that is relaxation, right? And that exercise we did with simple breath awareness is a great example of how we can intentionally calm our nervous systems in a blip of time. It doesn't take long to calm your nervous system. It takes intention and presence, right? And so we know about the power of the breath to relax the body. We also know that breathing in a certain way helps you to sleep better. It helps you calm anxiety. It helps you deal with stress. And it helps you regulate how oxygen is flowing through your body. So what I'd like to do now, you can all hear me as I step out here. Yes? yes. No? I'm looking at my guys back here. I think I'm on. All right, are we good? We are going to do a, a simple relaxation breath. And the relaxation breath becomes a sleep breath, okay? And so let's go back into that place we left off with simple breath awareness. If you want to close your eyes, you certainly can. You don't have to. Whatever, wherever you're comfortable. So we're here and we are breathing. Let's take a big deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth. Ah. <sighs> Let's let go of any stress, anything you're carrying. Breathe in. Anything that's weighing on your mind. And let's just come into that space. If you like to uh, meditate, you might put your hands into a meditation mudra here. Just put your hands in a place that's easier. Leave them on your lap. And just breathe. Breathe in through your nose. Breathe out through your nose. Most breathing is done through nasal breathing, both in and out through the nose, because that is where you expand lung capacity. By bre nasal breathing helps you expand lung capacity. Exhaling through the mouth doesn't do that as well. Though there are times that it's good to breathe through the mouth as well. But so let's just drop in. And take a few deep breaths in and let it go. Deep breath out. If you want to use your hands, please feel free to do that. Add a somatic element here by bringing your hands up and letting your hands down. Breathe in, raise your palms up, breathe out, lower your palms and just drop into breathing.
Let's do a simple four count breath. Two, three, four on the inhale. Exhale. One, two, three, four. Inhale. Two, three, four. Exhale. Two, three, four. Inhale. Two, three, four. Exhale. Two, three, four. Let's drop into deeper relaxation by breathing in for two, breathe out for four. The relaxation breath, you double the length of the exhale. So let's breathe. One, two, in, one, two, three, four, exhale. Inhale, one, two, exhale, two, three, four. Inhale, I'm gonna change the count to three, six. Inhale, one, two, three. Exhale, one, two, three, four, five, six. One more time. Inhale, I'll let you count on your own. Exhale, double the length. Two more big deep breaths, double length exhale. You want to open your eyes? How did that feel? Anybody asleep out there? <laughs> so the relaxation break, the inhale takes care of itself. Mindful breathing really happens in the exhale. If you're exhaling deeply and long, really trying to empty out your lungs, okay, and especially diaphragmatic breathing, which is belly breathing, those of you that study yoga, you know about diaphragm, and singers know about, singers know about diaphragmatic breathing, where we are breathing out and our bellies actually go out on the inhale, and then they contract on the exhale. So you actually, and this is counterintuitive for most people, you, uh, belly breathing is when you puff out your belly as you're taking in breath because you're filling it up and then you're exhaling. So the relaxation breath with a double length exhale is what's called the relaxation breath. It's also known as the sleep breath. If there's one thing that breathe, conscious, intentional breathing can do is it can help you sleep better. If you do that simple two in, four out in bed, you don't have to use your hands. <laughs> Just lay, lie there and inhale, exhale. That's the sleep breath. Give it a try tonight and see if it can help you fall asleep or if it can help you um, stay asleep. If you, you know, if you wake up, just do a quick inhale, exhale. Okay. Next, I want to talk a little bit about stress because stress, and next slide, please. The 
blue stressy looking one. Yeah. So stress, stress is an absolute epidemic in our, in our society. Children are stressed. Teenagers, I mean, you know all of the statistics about the level of stress and anxiety carried by people of all ages, right? And so the question is, what can I do about it? Do I have to go spend a lot of money? Do I have to take medication? Do I have to have a coach that'll help me figure out my stress or a psychologist that'll help me deal with my anxiety? Um, all of those things are good. And one thing we always say is we are not medical people. Those of us that teach breathing and bring it to others. We are not medical people and nothing I'm saying here will replace anything that your doctor would tell you in treatment. And um, good deep breathing, such as we just did with the relaxation breath, is, um, is a really wonderful way to relax your body. And the reason this is, if you want to advance the slide, please. Next. That's it. Okay, so here's where neuroscience comes in, neuroscience in the brain. So your central nervous system is operating, right? And it's your nerves, it's your blood vessels, it's all of these things. And the autonomic nervous system, in other words, the automatic things that your brain does, and along with your nervous system, it has two parts. We have the sympathetic nervous system and we have the parasympathetic nervous system. And it matters that you understand this because it makes a huge difference in how you're able to calm your own mind. So we have in the SNS, have any of you ever expect, uh, expected to experience amygdala hijack? Where all of a sudden you've, you see red, you get super, super angry, and you get hooked. I call it the fish hook, where all of a sudden your emotions hook your whole self, and pretty soon you're yelling at people, you have road rage. I mean, there's so many examples of this. So that happens because your, ner your, your sympathetic nervous system gets triggered. All right, and when your sympathetic nervous system gets triggered, we automatically, absolutely every time, start to breathe more shallowly. That's the first thing that happens. If you get triggered with anger, rage, unfairness, your kids, I mean, there's a lot of things, uh, right? The first thing that happens, you start to go, <sighs> chest breathing. Okay, chest breathing is incredibly damaging to your body and your nervous system because as, if you get locked into chest breathing, you lose control of your nervous system and you act in rage. This is the ancient fight or flight, right? This is the ancient flight or fight or flight response to the body. It's centered in your amygdala and the limbic system, uh, reptilian part of your brain. The other side is the parasympathetic, and this is when we are, like is that beautiful relaxation you were doing, right? This is when we are calm. It's called the rest and digest. So this is the difference between fight or flight, rest and digest, okay? Uh, your parasympathetic nervous system is necessary for long-term breathing. It's centered in the neocortex. In other words, your place is executive decision-making, good judgment, 
All of that happens in the neocortex of your brain. And when you're in fight or flight, you lose access to your center of good judgment and good thinking, right? So what we know is that the breath is the bridge between the fight or flight and the rest and digest. You can calm your own brain, your own mind, your own body. You have the power within you to calm yourself and come back to center. Come back to rest and digest where you can think well, make good decisions, probably apologize for what a jerk you were under, under the fight or flight part. Um, you know, right? So you come back to do this and we do it through the breath. That good relaxation breath is the fastest way to do it. And you can go anywhere. You know, if you feel yourself starting to slide into fight or flight, you can come back just by taking... Remember the old thing they used to tell you? Take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. Count to ten. All of those old sayings actually are about giving your brain a chance to get reconnected to your neocortex. So this is the power that each of us has. And I want to do a breath practice to close out this part of our uh, conversation. It's called the bip-bop breath. And the bip-bop breath, we're going to go right back to where we've been. Uh, next slide, the bip-bop breath slide. There we go. This is the bip-bop breath. And so the bip-bop breath says, breathe in peace, breathe out pain. When we are in real psychic pain, and by the way, physical pain, breathing is very, very helpful for dealing with, uh, let's say, legs, you know, if, if you have restless leg or if you have uh, neurologic pain in your body, okay? This kind of breathing can be very helpful. Let's do it together. We breathe in peace. Inhale. We breathe out pain. Let's do that again. We breathe in peace. On the inhale, we breathe out pain. We're reprogramming, by the way, all, all you neuroscientists out there and psychologists, you know this about reframing. This is a way to reframe, get out of your rut of harmful thinking. So we breathe in peace. We breathe out pain. We breathe in love. We breathe out fear. We breathe in acceptance. We breathe out intolerance. We breathe in serenity. We breathe out worry. If you'd like to move your hands somatically like we're doing here too, this can be helpful. So you breathe in what you want more of and you breathe out what you're ready to let go of. Not pushing it away. We never push it away because what we resist persists, but we can let go. Breathe in peace. Breathe out anxiety. 
breathe in acceptance. Breathe out intolerance. Breathe in calm. Breathe out anxiety. Breathe in love. Breathe out fear. And now as we finish this breath, this time we're coming full circle to breathe in peace, breathe out peace. Breathe in peace, breathe out peace. On your own, whatever you want to bring in, whatever you want to let go of. What do you want to put out into the world? We aren't pushing away. We're letting go of things that no longer serve us. See the next slide, please. So before I complete this talk, uh, just because I'm a reference kind of a person, this is a book that was written by uh, Lori Ellis Young and Dr. George Ellis. They are uh, co-founders, again, of, of Breath Logic, and they wrote this beautiful book a couple of years ago. They have a really important story to tell. Dr. George is a psychologist who works with uh, victims of trauma, specifically war around the world. They have lived and worked in Ukraine. They spent five years in Ukraine after the annexation of Crimea. He uh, worked for a non-governmental organization and he teaches psychologists how to use tools to heal trauma. And once the Ukraine war got going last year, he, uh, he and Lori started up a Zoom-based training system. He, they meet with a, a group of Ukrainian psychologists every week, and they actually use the breath a lot, along with Dr. George's other tools that he uses. And so, um, and Dr. George has said that he would be happy to talk to our UK Ukrainian refugees when they come, because they have, they lived in the country, they have a lot of experience with that and are continuing to do that work. So uh, our website, www.breathlogic.org, is a resource uh, for us. And I'm going to turn it back to Kelly as we close out. Thanks for listening. You can find much more about humanism and what's happening at First Unitarian Society in Minneapolis by visiting our website at firstunitarian.org.